What's up, Storyside? You glad to be in God's presence today? Glad to be here. Do me a favor. We've got people not only around our nation, but we've got people around the world that's joining us on Facebook Live today. Thank you for giving us shout outs and saying hello. Uh, we're glad that you're with us. We believe God can not only work in this room today, He can work wherever you are at, uh, in your vehicle, at work, at your home. Uh, God's Spirit is everywhere present and nowhere absent. I believe He can touch your life today. But Storyside, would you welcome our online family? Let them know how glad we are they're with us today. We had a great marriage retreat this weekend, such a good time. Those of you that came, it was fantastic, and uh, it, was, it was such a refreshing moment for so many couples. The couples' communion, uh, the tears, the presence of God was amazing, so uh, thank you for being part of that. Uh, I heard the joke, speaking of marriage, I heard the joke about the husband uh, that was telling the story that his wife had asked for something that comes in a little box uh, and would go around her finger, and so we got her a box of Band-Aids. Um, that's not funny. That's not funny. Uh, I did hear the joke about the one lady, she was talking with her friend, uh, and the one lady was telling her friend, she said, my husband and I, my husband and I married for better or for worse. He couldn't do better, and I couldn't do worse. <laughs> but shout out to all of the marriages. Uh, it's not true. Maybe you've heard before that married women live longer than single women. Uh, that's not true. It just seems longer. Um, I'm just kidding. But God bless all the marriages, all the families, uh, and what a great time we had. I've already had several couples say you're excited about next year's retreat. So thank God for strong families. I've read that 89% uh, statistics say 89% of men don't want to go to church. And I am so grateful that every single weekend I can scan the room uh, and see man after man after man after man uh, that, that defy those statistics and odds, uh, but men that say, I want to lead my family in faith. I want to go to church. I want to live a spiritual life. And so I applaud all the men. If you are sitting beside your husband, your dad, let them know how thankful you are that they're not part of statistics, uh, but they actually value spirituality and I celebrate that today. We want to make an announcement of something really special that's taken place uh, over the last few weeks. I had a dream a couple years ago uh, that God had blessed us with a particular piece of property, and in the moment, I wasn't sure exactly. It, you know, sometimes I don't dream a lot, and sometimes uh, maybe you see something in the natural, and you could think, wow, that's way out there. Uh, but uh, about a month ago now, I was approached by the spiritual oversight of this particular property, this church, and they met with me and said that they had felt it on their heart uh, to bless Storyside uh, with this church building. And so we went through, uh, you'll see some pictures on the screen, but we went through weeks of meetings and legal counsel and lots of things that were entailed. Uh, but you see the piece of property here that we have been gifted that uh, I am now uh, the spiritual oversight of. And we have today with us one of the uh, elders, one of the spiritual oversight, the church at that time. So in the last week, it's, it's been a done deal, it's story side now, but, but over that last month, Pastor Dwayne, his wife Gloria is here today. They were part of, with, with uh, several others, that began to share with us that God had put it on their heart to bless story side with, with this property and so we're, we're perfectly processing through all of the options and what God would have us to do 
uh, with the building. But when my wife and I have had all of my kids there now, uh, but when we have walked through the property and just the hundreds of chairs and computers and kids ministry and cafe and kitchen and uh, we, we've been, I've been down there every day this week, but just praying and asking God what he would have us to do next there. I wanted to make sure today uh, at all of our locations, so Mount Vernon, Ontario, as well as here, that we are pressing pause in the middle of the service uh, just to thank God for the people that have shared with me. We were there 40 years. We were there since, you know, the 60s. We were there for 30 years. Heard a lot of those stories. And so some of you uh, may recognize the property. It's in Butler, Ohio, uh, as the church on Elm Street. Others may be as River of Life. More recently, their name of the church was The Connection. Uh, but a, a lot of times with church buildings, when people transition, they will actually turn it into a house or they'll turn it into a theater, they'll turn it into apartments. And, and you'll see for sale signs going up. I've drove by several churches here in our area that have sold recently. And, and so to, to come to StorySide and to tell us that no strings attached, no finances, no nothing, here's the keys. We feel it on our heart to bless your church with this building. Uh, we want to, we're very humbled, but we want to, as a church, let yourself know, all of the team, the oversight people that were part of this process, we want you to know how thankful we are as a church that you believe in the vision of StorySide and you believe that God is still going to do some great things there. And so Pastor Dwayne, Gloria, and everyone that's been a part of, we honor you today. We have some gifts that we've given you last service. We want to give you some more gifts this service. StorySide, would you let them know how much we honor them, appreciate them? So it is a major blessing. We are celebrating today uh, at, every, at every service, at every location. And my pastor says this statement, when you live with vision, favor will find you. So we're going to be going through his book uh, next month. And so weekend gatherings, we'll be sharing from his book. Sunday nights at six, we'll be having the life groups and coffee and connection. And, but my pastor, the author of that book, he, he says, when you live with vision, favor will find you. And we didn't, we didn't go looking for another property. Uh, we weren't calling around. Uh, it's, it's just amazing to me that you guys were passing the building, felt it on your heart. What if we were to bless StorySide with it? And so uh, we have been praying. We have been processing what next. We've got some great ideas, but we also want to make sure we get God's ideas for it. And so thank you for praying for us uh, as we continue to do that. Today is our legacy offering. And so before uh, we conclude the service today. We're going to give you the opportunity to come forward with your prayer cards, your legacy offering. Uh, some of you are doing your best to give your best gift now, uh, and others have shared with me that you're going to do what you can today and then give more in the next few months, but I want to thank you for that. Uh, we're, we're about at the halfway point. Uh, we still need several hundred thousand dollars today, and my dad uh, was talking to him this morning on the phone. He's like, how you feeling? Uh, what do you think? And, I, you know, I was telling my dad, I've told my wife, I've told other people, when I think about it, uh, a lot of money, uh, a lot of things going on, when I pray about it, I feel great. Uh, so it depends on when you ask me. 
Uh, but thank you for your generosity. Thank you, whether you're in the room or online, for believing in kids, students, this new expansion. Um, I think it's going to be a game changer for our church, and I'm excited about what God's going to do. And so whatever number he puts on your heart, uh, we've had everything from you know, $5 to $50,000. We've got a couple of hundred thousand dollars to go. And I know it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. And so thank you for believing God uh, to do something special uh, for our children and our students. I shared earlier that last night I had one of the greatest moments of ministry in my life. So 30 years of some form of ministry, I went to Bible college in 1990. And last night was one of the greatest moments I've had sitting by myself, uh, my wife is in the other room with the kids, I'm sitting by myself and I'm processing this project and the money and we just got out of a building project a couple years ago and these properties and locations and everything going on and in the middle of all of that, you know, sometimes just like Peter walking on the water and he gets his eyes on the waves and, and the wind and sometimes that can happen even in my life, you just get distracted, you, you overthink things. And I was almost having one of those moments where I was starting to maybe get a little antsy or anxious or nervous uh, about today and generosity and giving. And I get a text that comes through from, I think it was 14, but whatever the number was, but I get a text that comes through and they said, it was students and student leaders, and they messaged Angel and I and they said, hey, just so you know, we've gathered together and we're praying for tomorrow uh, that God's going to do something special and I began to feel such faith come into my heart just as I was getting the message that students were praying for me. A couple of minutes later, I get another message. And then about 20 minutes later, Angel and I get another message. Every single one of them were for, from students. Uh, it was almost like God was trying to remind me and tell me that what we are doing uh, is for them. And they were believing, they were hoping, they were praying. And I wanted to share one of the messages with you. It stirred me. Uh, in my spirit, but it was from Chance, and Chance had messaged, you know, he's not thinking, I'm going to probably share it with you publicly, but it was so powerful, he just said, uh, the scripture, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the lamp, we can certainly do it, we should, and we can, we should, and we can, we should, and we can, and I couldn't help but be moved to tears by all of these students that we're praying for today, and so I want to share with all of you, we should, and we can. We should and we can. Can we say that together? We should and we can. Uh, and so I'm excited about what this new uh, kids, uh, children's, and the college age, the students, the internship, this whole new uh, renovated wing is going to be amazing. And we're excited about it. We should and we can. Everyone say legacy. Can we say that again together? Legacy. When you think of legacy, you think of a multi-generational church, when you think of believing in something that will outlast even you, that will outlive you, you could ask the question, why? Why does a renovated children's ministry even matter? Micah, why does baby dedications matter? Today at all of our locations, we'll dedicate 19 babies. Why does dedicating babies matter? Why does praying over them, that God's purpose and plan will play out in their life? Why does that matter? Why, why does baptisms matter? 
We've water baptized over 600 in less than five years. Why? Why does that matter? Why, why does the student ministry matter? Why internship? Why marriage retreats? Why freedom nights? People will often begin to share with me with freedom nights, Pastor Mike, I've been clean. One guy in the last week told me I'm on day 11. His parents got teary-eyed. The lady's dating teary-eyed. He was so excited. He said, I've been clean for 11 days. Why? Why does that matter? Why does 11 days matter? Why does ministry time matter? Why do we pray for each other? Why do people cry? Why do they open up their hearts to the healing that comes from God, from heaven? Why does that matter? Why, why does this message today matter? Why do, we do, why do we do what we do? William Booth put it this way, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. I want you to think about it in your own life. While there's one family member that I have that's not saved, I'll fight. While I have one friend that has an addiction or a habit, I'll fight. I want you to think about it. While I have one coworker, one classmate, I'll fight. While there's one person in Ohio that's lost without God, I'll fight. Why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Because we believe that there are still people who are living their life without God. Ephesians chapter 2 gives us a glimpse into those exact words, without Christ. Cassie, without God. I, I, I want you today just to weave back and forth with God, without God. With God, without God. Great, with God, without God. As you're in the room or online, I just want you to understand the drastic difference between with God, without God. Ephesians says, you are living without Christ. The tail end of verse 12, it uses the words, without God. Verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus you were far but now you're made nigh. You were out, but now you're in. You were lost, but now you're found. When you look at a life with, by definition it means to have accompaniment, addition, or agreement. But if you're without, without means the absence or lack of something or someone. C.S. Lewis says the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ. That our mandate, the Great Commission, the good news, the good news is that you can go from without to with. Revelation chapter 21 Revelation chapter 21 would tell us in verse 1, he's getting a glimpse into eternity, if you would, or the heavenlies. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, 
I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is... Everyone say with. With men. And He will dwell with them. They shall be His people and God Himself shall be with them. That's good news. That you and I not only have abundant life in this life, but we also get the promise according to John 3 of eternal life. The Bible says here in Revelation 21 verse 4 that that part of this promise is that God will wipe away, think about it, God's going to wipe away all tears from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Old things, former things, can be passed away. That's the promise. The Bible goes on to tell us that he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I'm Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. I give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God. He will be my son. We should celebrate eternal life today. We should be thankful that we haven't said our final goodbyes to believers, whether that's that praying mom or grandma or a spouse or a child. You've not said your final goodbyes if you're a believer, if your faith is in Christ. We have hope beyond this world. Is there anyone today that's thankful for heaven? Thankful for a life with God? But I would be remiss if I did not remind you today that as much as I celebrate life with God, that we cannot ignore that there is also life without God. That should get our attention. That should answer some questions. Why do we pray? Because there's people without God. Why do we give? Because there's people without God. Why do we preach? The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? Why? Because we believe that there are people who are living without God. All of these verses telling you about life with God, eternal life with God. The very next verse says this, but the fearful... The unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I know, I have friends and family that are without God. I know that could be a verse that we, at times, maybe you would say, Mike, I'd rather not read that. But today you need to be reminded That there's life with God, and there is life without God. A life with God gives you peace. A life with God gives you joy. A life with God gives you His Spirit. A life with God gives you a Savior that said, I'll never leave you, and I will never forsake you. A life with God gives you an ever-present sense of God. A life without God? A life without Jesus Christ? 
does not receive these promises that we are reading about today. When you look at with, without, our mission, our mindset should be that we will share the gospel with as many people as possible so that they can go from without to with. No wonder when one person, one, when one person repents, when one person makes a decision to accept Christ, when one person says, I want to turn my life around and follow Jesus, the Bible says that the heavens will celebrate and respond and applaud because one person says, I want to go from without to with. What would life look like without Jesus? What would history look like without Jesus? I love this book. This book was given to me in 1994. I was reading this morning, just even the dates. This is from my dad, June 14th. That's my birthday, 1994. I was leafing through just today notes that date back this this bible has gone all around not just north america but places like india and i'm looking at old sermons and old quotes and old thoughts and things that have been written down i i love the bible i love god's word but when you read stories in the bible what would they look like without jesus what would history look like without Jesus? You know, before Jesus came, you had the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. You had people living under the law. We could read through what that looked like without Jesus, who, who couldn't come into His presence, who was not accepted, who was not allowed. We don't have time allocated today to cover every story, but, but let me give you a glimpse or a look into just a few lives. What would John 6 look like if there was no Jesus? There's hungry people, 5,000 men, plus women and children. Some of you that know men that can eat and eat, and I love to eat. You know someone, you're like, I think they've got a tapeworm, Mike. I, I don't even, I, I don't know how they're doing that. 5,000 men plus women and children. The inner circle says, send them away. Jesus says, sit down. They feed thousands of people and pick up 12 baskets. What does that story look like without Jesus? Are they sent away? When they said 200 penny worth is not enough, to, do they tell those people to leave? What about Mark 10? If, if, we were to turn, if we were to turn to Mark chapter number 10, and we were to read the story in Mark chapter number 10 about a man by the name of Bartimaeus, who in verse 48, in verse 48, many charged him that he should hold his peace. Many charged him, quiet down. Many told Bartimaeus, shh. But Jesus, while they said quiet, Jesus said, I want you to bring him to me. What does that story look like without Jesus? What about John 8? What about the story in John 8 where the Bible says a woman is caught in the act of adultery? 
Not an allegation. Not an assumption. They caught her in the act. And they come with stones. And they say the law says she should be stoned. But while they want a stone, Jesus stoops down. What does that story look like without Jesus? Do they kill her? Do they put the covenant, the law in action? Do they quote Moses while they're taking her out? What does the story look like without Jesus? Who writes in the sand and says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. What does that story look like without Jesus? What about John 1? Where you have a guy that seems like he has anger issues, but by what we read, his name is Simon. Cuts an ear off. Flies off the handle. A little bit extreme at times. But Jesus tells this guy, your name's Simon, but you will be Peter. Jesus sees something in him that he probably doesn't see in his own self. But Jesus said, I'm going to do something special in your life. Jesus is a master name changer. I have watched him take people over the years from this to that, from without to with. I've seen it with Simon after Simon after Simon. But what does the story look like without Jesus? What about Mark chapter 6? Mark chapter 6 says there's a guy that has so many demons and devils, they call him legion. Mark 6 says they try to chain him up. They try to tame him. Mark 6 tells us that he cuts himself and he cries sometimes. But when Jesus shows up, the Bible says that he's clothed, he's in his right mind. Verse 19 of that chapter says that Jesus sent him home to be with his family. But what does the story look like without Jesus? What about John 4? John 4 tells us a story about a woman who has five failed marriages. You know the drama and dysfunction that could come with one. Maybe you've gone through the hurt and pain of a broken marriage. Maybe someone in your family or a close friend. This woman's on number six. No wonder she's coming to the well at a time no one else comes. No wonder she sends us the insinuation that there's shame and guilt and she almost wants to live in the shadows. No wonder. Maybe you know what that looks like and you have felt that pain. But Jesus knows how to find people like this woman who feels like there's no hope for her future. The Bible says that Jesus shows up at this well and even though she's on number six, Jesus gives her hope. Jesus says, I could give you water to drink, you'll never thirst again. She drops her water pot and verse 39 says, an entire city was impacted and affected because of this woman. But what if Jesus wasn't in the story? She's still in the shadows. She's still living in shame. She's still feeling like I've blown it and embarrassed everyone. What happens when Jesus gets taken out of the story? What if we were to read Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus? who's a business guy, he's a tax collector. We're told in history and studies and scripture that Zacchaeus most likely was very wealthy, but I've met people who have a lot of money doesn't mean they're always happy. Zacchaeus is small by stature. According to first century Jewish culture, he would have been hated. But Jesus 
the Bible says in verse 5, comes to a place where Zacchaeus is in a tree. Not only does he come to a place, but he actually goes to his house. Jesus is not looking for everyone to agree with him helping you. Jesus is not looking for everyone to give the thumbs up and the approval that he can do something special in your life. You could have like Zacchaeus, people that have turned on you, walked out on you for these people. They hated him, but Jesus said, I'm going to come to your house. Are you glad that God doesn't always need everyone to approve of helping you, saving you, showing up in your life? But what would the story look like without Jesus? You see, some things are just a job for Jesus. When you look at these stories, what I want to remind you today is that our time together is not just about a woman caught in the act of adultery. I'm glad that Jesus stooped down and rode in the sand. I'm glad that he gave her a second chance. I'm glad that he goes through a storm to get to Legion and all of the demons don't scare Jesus off. I'm glad that Jesus gives grace to this guy and lets him go back home. I'm glad Jesus is in the story and fed the multitude. I'm thankful that Jesus over and over again in Scripture showed up in someone's life and was a difference maker. But in our time together today, I want to ask you, what would your life be without Jesus? Think about it. Where would your marriage be without Jesus? Where would your heart, your emotions be without Jesus? Can you imagine if you woke up in the morning and you didn't know that God's mercy was new every single day and great was His faithfulness? But can I remind you today, some people wake up like that. There are people every day that wake up without Jesus. They don't know that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. They don't know the promises of God. They don't know the plan or purpose of God. There are people who are living without God. You say, why do we need the church? Why do we need salt and light? Why do we need the preacher? Why do we need community? Why do we need the grace and mercy and truth of God? Because there are people who are living without God. I want to share with you today some stories of students talking about legacy and multi-generations and we have a lot of these stories but I want to share with you just a couple of them of students who have said this is where I was this is where I'm at now although they're not all these scriptures and verses I've read to you today in a way they're their own life story they're their own spiritual story that says this is the difference that Jesus has made in my life I'd like you to take a moment today, direct your attention to the screen to hear these stories. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for life change. Should take a moment today and let's just celebrate all these students' stories and thank God for being a difference maker in their lives. What does... What does our 
children's lives look like without Jesus? What does our students' lives look like without Jesus? What does people with addictions and habits, what does their life look like without Jesus? What do struggling marriages look like without Jesus? That mind or heart of that person who's overwhelmed, what, what does their life look like without Jesus? Well, the good news is, the opposite is also true. What does their life look like with Jesus? So why do we do what we do? Because we believe that with Jesus, that Richland County's better, Knox County's better, Morrow County, Ashland County, Ohio, our nation, that with God, with God, all things, everybody, everywhere, all things are possible with God. And that is why we choose to do what we do. The decisions, Craig Rochelle says this, the decisions you make today, whether that's a decision to accept Christ today, a decision to ask for forgiveness, a decision to go from without to with, Craig Rochelle says the decisions you make today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. The decisions you make today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. As we get ready to pray, I want to pray over two things today. I want to pray over your prayer card. I also want to pray over your legacy gift. But I, I want us just to have such an appreciation today, if we can, if we can bring the house lights up a little bit. I want to have such an appreciation in our hearts today for... Jesus. As we conclude and close our service, that everyone from the front to the back, side to side, even those joining us online, that we just have this moment to thank God for being in our lives. What would Zach's life look like without Jesus? Even right now, just storms we face in life, and can you imagine not having Jesus? Jen, I've seen you up here in the prayer time and tears and emo what would life look like without Jesus? How about you, Larry? I've shared before about Larry's traveled all these colleges and universities and been part of like, I think it was Rhodes Scholars, all this different stuff, writing a book. And, but, but you've also shared with me your struggles. You've shared with me in those seasons of your life that you lived without God. You lived without God. But now I see you here in one, two, three, the fourth row, worship is presence, you. Can you imagine what your life would be like without Jesus? Think about your life. What's Andy's life like without Jesus? What's your life like without Jesus? Ben, how about you? What's your life like without Jesus? Aaron, what's the McKee family life? What's your family like without Jesus? Jake, what's your life like without Jesus? You see, we all, we all go through those times. How many just by a show of hands, you could think of three or four or five, very quickly, you could think of tough times you've gone through in your life. The doctor's report, sitting in that funeral home, the craziness on your job. Just think about some times in your life. Greg, we're up at the hospital a couple weeks ago. Honestly, maybe people not even sure you're going to pull out of it, all the tubes and all the testing and we're praying, Mary Beth and I and Pastor Josiah, a few of us is praying. Can you imagine going through moments like that without Jesus? I just want, I just, and I feel His Holy Spirit even saying it, but I just want us to close the service today by thanking God that I'm not living without. 
I'm living with. The Goddards are not going through life without God. You have been blessed to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, and you are going through life with Jesus. The Shams, right here, the Shams have Jesus in their life. That's a big deal. Thank God for Jesus. But stars, it's really important that every single one of us, you and I, good to see you, it's really important that every single one of us today are reminded. You know, sometimes you can get like, I go to church, I go to work, I go home, I go to the gym, I take my kids to practice, and, and church can almost get put on a schedule like it's something we do with all the other stuff. And I just want to remind every one of us today that while we're grateful we get to live with God, there are people in Ohio that are living without God. Share your faith. Share an invite. When that bucket goes by and you put money in there, who knows where it's going? Who knows if it's helping with online or helping with TV or supporting an internship? But you know in your heart, I am giving, I am supporting, I am praying for, I am part of the kingdom of God, someone going from without to with. I want to pray for you today. It's going to be a little bit of a quiet moment. Those online... We have people that can interact and talk with you. You can just put the information, the names on the side. But for those in the room, I want you to take a pen. And I want us to have a couple of quiet moments in closing in God's presence where you write down some names of people that you are believing God to go from without. Come on, help me. To what? To with. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to start writing a name down and then be like, there's no way I'm writing their name down. They would never. How many of you would agree that probably a lot of people had written Legion off, the guy with the thousands of demons and devils? Would you agree? Most people probably wrote that guy off, cutting cemeteries. How many would think that most people probably wrote off the lady on number six at the well? Right? Like she's so screwed up, Micah, there's no way she... How many of you would agree that most people with the woman caught in the act of adultery, they'd have probably written her off and said, God couldn't, God won't, God... I'm asking you to write names down, whether they're family, friends, or someone, that you're like, they are so far away, Micah, he would never do the God thing. I'm asking you to write their name down. In a moment, you're going to bring them forward. Our staff, our team, we want to pray and fast over these the next few weeks. We want to take time as a church to pray over every name and say, God, we believe that those that are without, that you can do something special in their life and they can go from without to with. So just now in his presence, just take a moment, take a pen, begin to write down some people that you're believing for a miracle for. Maybe it's someone who got burned or burned out or turned off. And write, write their name down. God is a master reconciler. He's a master restorer. Let your faith loose today. Begin to write names that your mind's telling you there's no way. Put their name down anyway. Let's let our faith loose today. God, save them. God, help them. God, restore them.
save my friend. God, save my family. God, save my coworker. We've got a gentleman that attends the church now that a couple years ago, I remember him saying, I'm an atheist. I don't even believe there's a God. I don't. And now he's walking in faith. Don't, don't rule out who you could write down on that piece of paper to say, God, I'm asking that you would take them from without to with. When your card's ready, if you would just hold it up, we want to pray over both. We want to pray over your prayer requests. We also want to pray over your legacy offering. When we give to this kid's expansion, this student wing, this internship and college age, when we give, it's a reminder to all of us, Jesus didn't die to save a piece of property. We know that, right? Jesus didn't die for square footage. And die for property, he died for people. You say, why, why pay a utility bill? Why have a camera? Why, why have projection? Why, why have... It's because we believe that God can use these tools to host freedom nights, to host marriage events, to host moments like this where people hear the gospel. But we never, ever, ever want the property to be why we're doing it. God is just using the tools to ultimately reach people. People are priority. People, lives change. That's what matters. So when you have your card ready, just hold it up. I want to pray now, and then we're going to be fasting and praying over the next few weeks. As you hold that card, I want you to be reminded that there was a day for some of you that people were praying for you. You were someone's card. Did you know that? There was times that you were off track and sidetracked and your mom or your friend or your grandparent was like, you're not going to have them and you're here today because somebody prayed for you. Now full circle, it's your chance to pray for someone else to say, God, I'm not going to let the enemy have the final say in their life. I believe God can still write a good story. So as you hold your cards, as you hold your gift today for the legacy offering, God, I pray over every name. I pray over every person that there are miracles, miracle after miracle after miracle in the Bible where you took the lady in the dirt to go and sin no more. You took legion from possessed to going back home. You took those who were struggling at a well, gave her water, she'll never thirst again. You've done it for them, you've done it for our lives, and you are still, God, I believe you're still at work. There are still names, there are still people, there are still families, there are still individuals that you are saving that are going from without to with and i pray that you would bless every single one of these prayer requests hear our prayer today let your kingdom come let your will be done we are believing you for ohio for our nation for beyond we're believing that you're still at work the church is still alive and we pray these prayers in jesus name amen would you stand with me all over the room if you want to bring your prayer request, your gift, you can. And then you are dismissed. We love you, Storyside.